You're listening to The Lowdown, your insider look into everything defense, aviation, and geopolitics. Stem lodge, stroke eight, nose five, low. Switch, negative contact on your... Break right! Hey. defending nose... Hey, welcome back to The Lowdown. It has been a busy January and early February, so I have neglected the newsletter a bit, but trying to get back up onto the horse both with podcast recordings, the newsletter, and recording this segment that pairs with the newsletter. Some admin notes, if you're not getting the newsletter, get it, it's down below. You can check the link out, sign up for the newsletter, or go to theafterburnpodcast.com, click the newsletter, sign up. It's easy and you can see the past newsletters as well to see if it's something that interests you. On that note, if you've reached out through the contact page on the website, I respond, or I think I've responded to each and every one of you who have reached out. So if you have not gotten that, there's a good chance that it's landed in your spam folder. Google and Yahoo, they changed some of the security settings, the beeps and squeaks. I don't understand how it works. But since I'm responding from my email and not through the website, there's a chance it landed in your spam folder. So don't think I'm ignoring you. Make sure you check that out. And if it was over 30 days ago, I guess there's a decent probability that uh, it's deleted. So those memories are just lost. But reach out again. You can send me an email to rain at theafterburnpodcast.com if your heart so desires. Kicking off the lowdown this week with a quote from Secretary Mattis. It is, in a country with millions of people and cars going everywhere, the enemy is going to get a car bomb out there once in a while. I think there's lots of parallels. Obviously, we're talking about the quantity and the sheer volume Whether we're staring down the masses and the hordes coming across the gate, quality or quantity is a quality in of itself, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people's opinions. You can draw parallels to what's going on in our country here. We've obviously talked about all the people crossing over the border and a few Iranians on the terror watch list popping up. All this being said, just keep your nugget on a swivel out there. Uh, A lot of people who want to do bad things and they're always looking at an opportunity to capitalize on vulnerabilities. So on to the, on to the history segment, February 6, 1991, the 706 tactical fighter squadron, the A-10, the mighty Warthog scores its first air to air victory. Captain Robert Swaino Swain, call sign Savage 01 had completed a successful attack, destroying two enemy tanks. When two helicopters off in the distance, moving fast, caught his attention. Swaino maneuvered his formation above the helicopters approximately five to 6,000 feet above the helicopters. However, they spotted him and his wingman, Lieutenant White, and began evasive maneuvering. The two helicopters split with one flying to a known Iraqi police station, AKA an enemy position. After confirming no friendlies were in the area and verifying that one of the helicopters did in fact land at an enemy location, Swaino determined that the other helicopter was in fact hostile or bandit at the time and began efforts to destroy the aircraft. Swaino had his wingman roll in for the first attempt to take down the helicopter, but was unsuccessful. Swaino engaged, but recalled the challenging attack. He he was approximately 65 to 70 degrees nose low, which is insane, in my opinion. Just think about a jet diving at the ground 65 to 70 degrees nose low. You were definitely hanging in the straps there. But the small size of the target and the raising terrain made it a challenge. He was unsuccessful in that first attack, maneuvered and reattacked. He successfully downed the Iraqi BO-105 helicopter with multiple bursts from his 30 millimeter Gatling gun. 
And in the newsletter, there's a picture of the chopper popper, tail number 770205, as well as a Iraqi BO-105. I think that one just survived the war and just was found on the ramp. But pretty cool piece of history. Rolling into the flight line. The Atlas 747 that had the engine fire. You might have seen the videos on social media. Kind of looked like a compressor stall. I, only, I guess I only very briefly looked at the video, but sparks and flames trailing out of the motor as they're departing out of Miami. This occurred on January 18th. Atlas flight 3885 uh, departed Miami for San Juan, Puerto Rico. Passing 3,000 feet, the crew received an overheat warning, followed by a fire warning for the number two engine. Good thing they still have three. The crew successfully returned to Miami without incident. The NTSB preliminary reports point to a third-party vendor who conducted a boroscope of the engine and failed to reinstall a small plug, allowing hot gas to vent into other areas of the engine compartment. The investigation is still ongoing. Anticipate that the final report, probably somewhere a year to 15 months out for that. If you are in the airline industry, you've probably been paying attention to the age, the mandatory age retirement uh, mandated by the FAA. That was up for debate up in Congress and Senate. The U.S. Senate squashed any dreams of increasing the pilot retirement age from 65 to 70. About a decade or so ago, the mandatory retirement age for pilots was 60, uh, and then it was bumped up to 65. Now, it's been over the past couple of years, lots of talk about bumping that age up to 67. The House of Representatives passed the FAA Reauthorization Act 351 to 69, which was in favor of raising the retirement age. However, the Senate Commerce Committee voted 14 to 13 against it. So at least putting that on pause for, I don't know, another period of time. One thing that comes out of this too is if we do bump it up to 67, I don't think there might be one other nation that would allow a pilot to operate a commercial airliner uh, past the age of 65. Right now, ICAO which is the standard, is set at 65. Not saying they wouldn't follow suit, but things to think about. Delta 737-900 versus the air stairs in the Grand Caymans. It looks like they had a uh, 7-3 collide with a set of air stairs, knocked over. There's a picture of it in the newsletter. Just goes to show, you always have to be vigilant. When you're sitting up in the cockpit, obviously there's not a whole lot these pilots can do because the ground crew is pushing them back. But, um, you know, thing, things happen. Not where you want to be. Uh, there's a Challenger 604 crash in southwest Florida. There's a lot of pictures. I do have a picture in the newsletter. Um, and there's the video with the audio of the FlightAware tracker down there. And this thing happened really quick if you listen to the audio. It was a Hoppajet uh, bomb uh, Challenger 604, and it crashed on I-75 near Naples, Florida. This was on February 9th, approximately 310. The jet was going from Ohio down to Florida. The aircraft, I think on the tape, you hear them call uh, downwind, and then a few seconds later, they declare emergency with a dual engine failure, and the pilot says he's unable to make the airport. They attempt to land on the runway or, or on the uh, highway, it appears. That's where they crashed is on the on the highway. And it looks like they impacted against several vehicles. The picture that's in there, there's a lot of fire. I don't know if that is fire from uh, fuel in the aircraft or fire from striking vehicles on the roadway. The two passengers and the flight attendant were able to escape. Unfortunately, both pilots were killed in the crash. 
onto defense. The Marines also suffered a tragedy this past week when the CH-53 Super Stallion carrying five Marines uh, crashed, killing all five. This was during a routine training mission from Creech Air Force Base in Nevada to Marine Corps Air Station Miramar. The crash site was discovered in Pine Valley and the efforts underway to recover the remains. The helicopter was assigned to the Marine Heavy Air, Air uh, sorry, Marine Heavy Helicopter Squadron 361, known as the Flying Tigers. Those who perished was Lance Corporal Donovan Davis, 21 of Kansas, Sergeant Alec Langan, 23 of Chandler, Arizona, Captain Benjamin Moulton, 27 of Emmett, Ohio, Captain Jack Casey, 26 of Dover, New Hampshire, and Captain, Captain Miguel Nava, 28 of Traverse City, Michigan. Thoughts and prayers with their family, friends, and all their loved ones. Tower 22, you might uh, remember this because it was a, definitely a significant point in the news last week, the U.S. response to the Tower 22 attack. So three U.S. service members were killed, 36 were injured, or sorry, 34 were injured on the 28th of January when Iranian-backed militia, insurgents, whatever you want to call them, conducted a drone attack on Tower 22 located in Jordan, a special operations base. This is the first time since the Korean War that U.S. service members have been killed from an aerial attack. The delayed response targeted several facilities in Syria and Iraq. On Monday, Iran's foreign ministry dismissed the U.S. accusation that Tehran was behind the drone strike, according to their official news agency. But it looked like there was 85 deliberate strikes across Syria and Iraq at various facilities that are claimed to have been uh, Iranian-backed, Iranian-supported facilities there. Kunsan had an F-16 pilot crash, so Korea this year has lost, and by Korea, U.S. forces in Korea have lost three F-16s within the last year. Pilot successfully ejected around 8.40 a.m. local time and was picked up about 50 minutes later. We'll see here in about a year or six months to a year what the cause of those actions, but several of those investigations are ongoing. This is from a few weeks back, but I think it's important to note. Ukraine shot down a A-50. That's an airborne warning system. So if you're familiar with the E-3 AWACS, it's got the plane or the plane with a big dome on top providing radar coverage for fighters and other assets in there. This is a high value target. This is something who, as a fighter pilot, you're out there always talking about protecting because you don't want them to get shot down. So Ukraine uh, is claiming, and it looks like they successfully shot down a Russian A-50 as well as damaged an IL-22, all in the or same, uh, I guess, short time span. So this is a big operational success for Ukraine's military and a big hit for Russians, uh, Russia's Air Force there. But the A-50 is an uh, airborne early warning control aircraft. So think of uh, two pilots up front, a bunch of people in the back looking at radar scopes, directing the fight. For those familiar kind of with the, the Russian tactics, their fighters, their aircraft are heavily dependent upon close control from people sitting in these type planes, telling them to look left, turn right, look up, look down, target this, target that, versus Western tactics, which are more delineated and delegated down to a flight lead level to employ baseball on the rules of engagement and the commander's intent there. Chinese J-10s, that's 
showing up in Qatar to fight the Euro uh, Eurofighter Typhoons. So Pakistan has received J-10s from China. They've now participated in the first major exercise outside of Pakistan, and they're out there fighting Qatari Eurofighters. Rather, rather interesting there. Of note, I did get to see the J-10 perform in the Dubai Air Show back in 2017. It's always kind of cool to, to see another, another aircraft ripping around the sky there from another nation. I'll leave it at that. Jumping around the globe as we get close to wrapping up here. Little Rocket Man, he's at it again. So uh, Kim Jong-un, he's had a busy January and February. He launched a ballistic missile in January as well as on the 8th of February. Just continuing escalating tensions, which piggybacks upon his rhetoric of no more unification, no more unification talk. The South Korea is the ultimate enemy, so he's really kind of ratcheting it up there, as well as drawing his ties closer and closer with Moscow. The U.S. government has identified and disrupted a sophisticated Chinese hacking operation known as Volt Typhoon, targeting critical infrastructure across, across the globe. The campaign, initially identified in May of 23, involved commandeering thousands of internet-connected devices to facilitate espionage and potentially disrupt vital services, underscoring a broader strategy to compromise Western security. I will now have to go find this video talking about, uh, I guess, one little component. This was uh, a few months back, I saw it, where the Chinese had hacked into a component, I believe it was made by GE, which was tied to the vast majority of our hydroelectric dam and power generating sources. So if you think if you really want to cripple the United States and kick off kick off a war, dealing with a keyboard and sabotaging the infrastructure, the banking system, be a great way to really stir things up and cause a lot of havoc inside the United States or any country for that matter. Seems like these stories keep popping up. Iran murder for hire plot foiled here in the United States. So we've obviously seen the Indian government going after people inside of Canada and the United States. Not saying, obviously, this has happened for, for a long time, but three men have now been formally charged with a murder for uh, plot to kill two Iranian dissidents who fled Iran and now reside in uh, Maryland. The leader of the Iranian criminal group, um, was indicted as well as a member of the Hell's Angel, and one other individual was indicted inside this plot. Taiwan lost Nauru as an official diplomatic tie and recognition. So the Pacific Island of Nauru has switched recognition of Taiwan to China, which they have officially said this is a method or this is an effort to progress Nauru forward. Uh, going ahead. So always, always going, always something happening, busy times, but hopefully you get something out of this. Check out the newsletter, subscribe down there. Shoot me an email. If you haven't uh, gotten a response, there's a good chance that it's landed in spam. So you can find me on social media. Instagram is a pretty easy one as well. But that being said, we'll wrap up the lowdown for this week. Hope everyone has a good one and we'll be back soon.